All right, guys, we're back for our next episode with uh, our buddy, Bo Nelson, a.k.a. the El Hancho of Thou Mayest Coffee Roasters. Uh, just back again on Fire My Bones, just, uh, yeah, here pursuing and explaining, figuring out the good, the bad, the ugly of uh, pursuing the things you love. And that, that's, that's what we're here to do. We're here to capture those things, those thoughts, those ideas, people who are in the midst of doing it, people who are just even trying to figure that out in general, what that is that they want to pursue. Uh, we want to be people that just are doing that and are constantly asking that question, even as we are in those things that we love. So we welcome Bo yeah. back here with our buddy Jordan as well. So we're glad to have you, man. And, Good to be uh, here. Yeah, this beautiful is day. beautiful day. Well, Finally, well, the weather's nice. Well caffeinated. Yeah, well caffeinated. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So uh, basically, let's uh, let's just start off on how you and I know each other. I kind of, I went back and thought it's probably been ten years yeah. off and on where Bo and I have known each other from rival uh, private schools. <laughs> Kansas City Christian on my end, his is Maranatha. Um, Brutal, brutal, brutal rivalry. Brutal rivalry with the nice little Christian school. Uh -huh, so yeah. Man, it's one of the best rivalries in yeah. the city. <laughs> That's amazing. It was, it was killer. Yeah, so why don't, why don't you just kind of, from what you remember, how do you, I remember us, the, here's the two things. I remember a van and I remember hookah. Yeah. Those are the two things that I yeah. remember in our past as a friendship, but yeah. I don't know what you remember and you kind of were explaining it. Yeah, but. well, I, I remember coming over one night, um, and I don't even remember what it was for. It was this to your parents' house. And I was driving like a 93 Dodge Caravan SE at the time. Um, and I, I think, I don't know if that was a conversation, but we had a conversation about a mutual friend. Um, and, and you were telling me kind of his needs and what he needed. And uh, you're like, he needs a car. He needs a vehicle. He needs to get around. And I sold him that van for a dollar. You sold me that van. I sold you that. And then you turned around and like. And I sold it again. <laughs> yeah. So I had the van. Okay. Yeah. Because I drove it around for a while. Oh, for real? Because right. there was another kid that had a pretty big need down there. Yeah. That I was living at the time in Westport. Yeah. At River City Church in the top floor. And car broke down. Yeah. Just, I mean, I literally had nothing. I was going through seminary at the time. Yeah. And you ended up giving me that van. Yeah. And I think I might have been going through seminary at the time. I was going, I was in, at least I was in Bible school. And I remember you were with the Jewish. Uh, I was with a rabbi. Rabbi. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I remember a lot of conversations with you, me, and Alex Wickstrom. Yeah. About those things. Yeah. yeah. It was, that was, those were fun times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Took definitely a 180 from all that because it's yeah. very different now. Yeah. And like life liquor changes. production. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, life it's, changes. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, I was trying to remember. Oh, and about the van. I don't think any doors open besides the sliding door. Is uh, that correct? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I think one day I was driving down the road, and the uh, rearview mirror just kind of fell off. You yeah, know? that's normal. Um, yeah. I think I used to keep, like, beanbags in the back. It was kind of just like, uh, you know, the, I don't know. It's such a skin. I, I remember I got uh, pulled out of that car, and, oh, dude. I was going across Broadway one day, and some girl just like flew through this this stop stoplight, uh, clipped the front. I slammed on the brakes, clipped the bumper, and this bumper just goes flying off the other side of the street. And so I just pulled over, 
and and I just like sat on the curb and and like I was going through some f- philosophical questions at the uh, time too and like good. time and space were a big one for me and I was like why now why I could have crossed that street a hundred other times and I chose to do it on this street and you're flying down the hill you're on your phone you miss it my brother was behind me he like goes to follow her I get out like zip tie my bumper back on because that bumper was definitely zip tied on now that's it. A- that's amazing that you had zip ties with you. Oh, I had everything. That van, it, like, I, I think I had a longboard. I had a football helmet. I had all my pads. Like, this is my type of van. Uh, yeah, it was like, I'm ready. Uh, you know, and that's that whole Boy Scout mentality was like prepared, oh, like always prepared. Whatever adventure, I think I had bottle rockets. I had Roman candles. We'd have Roman candle wars. Uh, at, at the small oh, yeah, age. I, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we got yeah. talked to by the cops a few times. So yeah, yeah. it was there was a, it was it was the trouble mobile. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, well now uh, we're gonna just transition here, kind of into the nitty gritty, if you will. Yeah. Um, we just want to allow you to introduce yourself, kind of explain Thou Mayest and some of its successful moments. Just kind of starting us off with. Uh, the meat of our podcast and what we're all about as we, we t- told you already our, our vision being pursuing all that we want to pursue in life uh, per- things of passion things like we were talking about yeah. things that give you goosebumps yeah so well, we just want to get yeah you that so i think uh, the best way to do this is just going to be flow scenario i'm gonna yeah maybe bounce around a little bit and you yeah, guys yeah, just yeah. continue to keep the reins on me here okay. but I, i'd say the first the first part of that you know is like doing what you want versus doing what you have to do and there there's a pretty i'm yes i believe that there's like uh your your passion will lead will lead you and it will guide you but at the same time like this microvian part of me as well it's kind of this alter ego of me where it's like going to clean out grease traps you know going to i grew up on the farm like going to throw hay bales there's nothing passionate about throwing hay bales but it's in your mentality like because (laughs) I mean, if, if you're sitting there saying, damn, I have to go like throw 500 hay bales today. Or you're saying like, I get to go get paid to have a workout and get a free suntan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's all in your mentality about how you approach tasks, you know, instead of looking at a grease trap, which I cleaned out last week, even as the owner. And it's like, you can look at that and say, why am I freaking doing this? Or you can say, I get this opportunity to go learn how to do something that I might not have otherwise had the opportunity to learn how to do. And so it's kind of an opportunity approach versus saying like, well, I, I shouldn't have to do this because I'm this, I'm the CEO, I'm the founder, I'm the, I'm the whatever, like I'm done. The El Honcho. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I just don't believe in that sort of leadership, but I also don't believe in that sort of mentality in life to where you're you're outsourcing things that you are perfectly capable of doing for yourself. And you're just like, eh, I just don't want to do it. So there's, and I'm not saying that, that, you know, it's not just, Oh, I want to go do, you know, I want to have a yacht and live on a, you know, have a island, my own Island in the Bahamas. And I want to do all this stuff. And that's what I'm really passionate about. You know, I'm passionate about, you know, being a rock star someday. And right. It's like brutal reality check. Like you're going to have to do a shit ton of work. Yeah. And you're going to get up every day. It's yeah. going to suck, uh, most likely, because you're going to have to get up. You're going to have to get up earlier than everybody else. You're going to have to stay later than everybody else. You have to turn the lights on. You have to close them off. And you have to do 100,000 problem-solving charrettes in between. And every day you get up, you get punched in the face. You get up, you do it again. You get punched in the face, you get up, you do it again. 
you get up, you get punched in the face, and you do it again. And I can say this like 365 <laughs> times in a row, but I don't right. get old. But like, right, <laughs> just me saying, you get punched in the face, get up, do it again, come on, get amped. Uh, so that it, it's there's no, there's no secret to any of this. It's you know a lot of people try to have like, oh, I got the secret sauce, I got the special you know, special mojo over here. You know, I've got my, my, you know, the, here's the Trojan horse. We're getting ready to unleash on the market. Hockey stick growth. It's going to be crazy. Right. Invest now, invest now, get on, you know, right. we've got our first round coming up and there's just all this talk about, you know, this hype around, I love technology, but you know, when it comes down to it, you better have a freaking deliverable, you know, right. You got to have a product, you got to have a service and you got to freaking deliver the goods and you better exceed expectations. Otherwise you're just like every freaking person in the market. Yeah. And that's where it's like, what differentiates, uh, the good from the great, you know, it's, I would say there's just a lot of hard work and like dumb luck because you've maximized, <laughs> you've maximized your opportunities Every opportunity you look at everything as an opportunity. You know, I'm not looking at this podcast saying like, right. "Oh shit, I just got to go talk to some some guys that I know from the past." It's like, no, whatever. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen here, yeah. but like, I I believe <laughs> that in the future, like something unreal, something magical is going to happen from this moment. You can. Yeah. This is on record too. <laughs> all right. Something magical is going to happen from this because, like, I know you and I know the yeah. hard work and, like, the perseverance yeah. and the shit that you've gone through. And you you don't mind. You get punched in the face. You get up and you do it again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And those are the types of people I want to be around. That's what I grew yeah. up in. You know, I grew up yeah. on a farm, you know, and it's like, right. dude, it's, it's rough, man. And, you know, having that mentality where you see life and death all in one day a lot of times – whether that's through animal husbandry or whether that's through crops, you know, uh, and and it's brutal, man. And it's but like, it's part of the process. That, that's that's part of that reality as it a farmer. Is. It's like you get to see it every day, and it's almost that yeah. becoming accustomed to that you know, being punched in the face, yeah. <laughs> figuratively and literally, of both of those things is like, well, no, that's that's the part to be expected when you're working hard. Yeah, <laughs> like that's. And, it, Why did we expect different? I mean, you can either yeah. embrace that or you can see like, whoa, is my life and like, oh, F me, you know. Um, so you've got and this is the point of thou mayest. And this is when we were you, Bill and I, my business partner is Bill Holtzider. OK. And yeah. I'll go into the story here in a little yeah. bit. But like we used to sit in the garage and we talk about thou mayest as philosophy. So philo the, the, the concept of thou mayest, it comes from a John Steinbeck book called East of Eden. Yeah. You have thousands of doors in front of you in every single moment. Which which door are you going to choose? Right. That's free will. You right. know, right. whatever door you want to like go through, yeah. it can be so intimidating because all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, what if I open the wrong door? What if I go half? What if I open that door and go halfway down that path and it's not the right path? Yeah. I, like that, that, or is that, there any door that evades that yeah. at all yeah like do i have an out like is it if I go right. down here yeah. is like one-way street yeah. right um you know and and that's i think for a lot of people that can be really intimidating but thou mayest it like it puts john steinbeck says it puts man at the status of the gods because whereas thou mayest like you can at the same moment you cannot like you can either and i mean yeah. there's songs about this you know um you know, if, if you choose not to decide, you still made a choice, right. you know, and it's all about personal responsibility and, and choices and, and, 
that can that's a really heavy philosophical message. That's not the message we we want to portray here at the shop. Here's hashtag, your coffee. Yeah, here's here's your coffee. Make good choices today. You know, uh, our hashtag is like take fun seriously because we're right. very serious about the yeah. very serious about the fun that we have. You know, and everybody's like, you guys need to chill out on having fun. It's like no man, every day. Um, but the choice part of this, the thou mayest concept, um, it's it's kind of a timeless, ageless philosophy that's that's saying like just take pr- whatever you decide. It, there is no right or wrong answer on this. There's so many ways to climb the mountain. And when you do climb that mountain though, like let's do the, it's more of a, we say it's more of a beckon to other people. Like we want to just do it together. You know, I I don't know what the right answer is. Like, how do you start a podcast? How do you start a business? Like, how do you, how do you be a good husband? How do you be a good father? How do you be a good community leader? You know, does anybody know? Um, Everybody's doing it so differently. And so at that point, it's like, make, make a choice. And then back that up with that that conviction and that intentional movement. Um, you know, part of what this is all about is like it's intentional movements. We are very intentional about whether it's branding or whether it's like the coffee that we serve or whether it's the environment that we've created. Like we're very intentional um, because that that's like we've made the decision, we've made the choice to say like this is the door we're going to go through. And we, we just want to do it with uh, some swagger and maybe a little bit of author- like some authority too. Is it right? I'm not saying like authority top down. I'm saying like we just have a personal conviction and we're authoritative about like our, our movements through that space. So really like what that is, like for us when we're sitting around in the garage talking about what that looks like and we're kind of extrapolating it from there. Yeah. You know, we're reading through this book, you know. Uh, this, how long ago was that, Bo? How long ago did you, would you say that you... That was and, like 2010, 2011. Okay, 2010. Yeah. And, um, you know, where we, we, as we're, what is this idea of free will? It's basically, am I, do I have the free will to make these choices? Or has it been predestined upon me to, to you know, I've, I'm just, you know, a brain in a vat. Like, I actually don't have any thoughts of my own. And I think this, for us, this was the most important part. I think Steinbeck was uh, commenting. I think this his book, East of Eden, which this whole concept is based around, it was a commentary on the mentality of his day. And I don't think we're too far off from that in our day as well. I think it's just a thing that, that plagues humanity. Yeah. Um, and, and it's basically... Um, like that, this, the idea um, of like personal responsibility is not like a, a popular message. And what he's saying is it, people are checking out um, pie and sky and sweet by and by. Like, I don't have to do anything, man. Like, I'm not going to be here someday. I'm going to be somewhere else. Fuck that, man. Like, it's now. Like, yeah. you, you only fertilize where you want that grass to be green. And that takes some hard work. And, and that's where that, that hard work mentality. So when, when people say thou mayest, what is it? And I say, it's a, it's a movement. It's a movement to re-engage with the world that we live in. Take care of the areas that you inhabit. Give a damn about the spaces that you create. Yeah. Take care of this world. Don't crap in your nest. You know, I mean, let's, let's be good stewards. Absolutely. Of what we have, what we've been given and, and what we've, I shouldn't say what we've been given, what we've made the choice to invest in. Yeah. You know, because like we're saying we want to invest in particularly for us specifically our neighborhood. Like we call ourselves a community center that just happens to serve coffee. 
you know, because this becomes yeah, an area love like, that. you know, I'm looking out the door here and we've got meetings, we've got dates, I see a pastor out there, you know, I see a, a, a designer. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I know, but I know him. So uh, one of the most talented musicians I've ever met. Um, you know, the, the groups that meet here and the groups that engage, this was our, this was the thought back in the garage is like, what if we can create a, a really unique space that, that is reflect the, our space is reflective of, we hope to be the product that they're drinking. You know, we hope the quality of that drink is reflected within the space. And we hope to start connecting the quality of like the aesthetic environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my taste is, and, and my, my senses are all brought to a, a an elevated level. Yeah. Um, that could just be the caffeine speaking. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No. So you brought up an amazing point of this being a community center, this being a specific neighborhood in the city you're from in the city you live now. So we, we going off of that, we as fire in my bones, want to concentrate right now on Kansas City. Yeah. We love Kansas City. We live here now. Corey's from there, from here. You're from here. So kind of segueing, where, tell us where you live now uh, and where are you from? Yeah, so I'm, I'm from out, um, out by the sporting park, so kind of um, a little bit outside of the town. So out on the farm. Yeah. Um, so it's about 20 minutes from downtown area. It's all highway, so... Um, doesn't take too long to get here, but it's 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 out in the sticks. Um, so <laughs> nice. that's where. So I grew up um, in in growing plants. My family runs Family Tree Nursery here in town, and so I grew up with just a bunch of hard work, um, a bunch of. Uh, there's nothing sexy. It, 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 <laughs> when people go out there, they they see a bunch of plants and they're like. Oh, it's so beautiful. It must be awesome to work here. I'm like, there's a bunch of screaming children. Like, you know, I need to be watered. I need fertilizer. I need to be, I need more space. I need more air, you know? And so that's what I see when I go out there. So I just see a bunch of hard, uh, monotonous work and there's nothing sexy about that. Did both your mom and dad work the entire time at family tree nursery? Um, so my, yeah, my grandpa started at okay. like 65. Gotcha. Then my dad wow. uh, grew up in it. Um, right. he, my dad loves the, the, um, he really loves the the wholesale side of it, or the production side. Okay. Of it. Huh. Um, really, the, the the botany, the the horticultural side of plants. My grandpa was uh, really good at retailing, and some of the most early lessons of just like dignified salesmanship. It's not like that slimy, greasy salesman that you know. It's it's more of like these these old ladies would come in and get their marigolds, and my grandpa would be there at the front. And I just remember as a young child, like. Young lady, look, give me, take my arm. Oh, easy! Like, don't, don't, don't hurt me. You know, <laughs> you, got quite the, you know. Yeah. And, and he would just like give them their arm and like walk them. We've got some petunias over here, and we've got some. And it was just, it was genuine, but it was also like in a spirit of kind of like fun and playfulness. Sure. Um, and and I think that that really affected me. It just there was a, it was it was kind of a different time of of how we treated people. Um, it was. I don't know. I, I, I still have trouble. It was my uncle and my grandpa and just watching them on the sales floor. They were just, they were in the, the zone. They were in the floor. Well, that sounds relational. It, it, is. Mean, it <laughs> is. The reality is, is nowadays, you know, sales is so, it, it's on a spreadsheet. Yeah. It's on, Pressure. here's how you do it. Or here's, yeah. yeah, commission based or this or that. And you know, yours is a, an experience of, well, the amount of work that they put in the amount of relationships they built basically resulted in, well, 
you'll sell plants that way. Right. And we didn't make it or break it on that, but this is what we did, and we worked hard at it, and we enjoyed having people come in. Yeah, and they're also just they're they're also they're so in love with with the product too, and, and genuinely right. in love with the product. <laughs> right. You know that it's it's it, it's almost like as if if you take such great care to become a professional in like that product that you're trying to uh, you're trying to produce. Um, it's, it's like the passion part, like the product sells itself. So sure. I have, I can like focus my energy on the passionate part. You know, right. I can, I can focus my energy on the relational part, you know, because people are like, well, tell me about this coffee. I'm like, just taste it first, like taste and see, mm -hmm. you know, and, and yeah. experience it. And hopefully that product will sell itself. You yeah. Know? And right. then I can just focus on that relationship. You know, I can, I can, you know, focus on, you know, giving them awesome service. My dad used to always say, and my grandpa too, you know, it's, it's all about product and service at the end of the day, when, when you're shutting the lights off, you better deliver the product, you better deliver the service. There's nothing that supersedes that. So for instance, when we get comments that come in and it's so difficult to manage these days with social media, there's too many platforms. Some of them I don't even, I'm not even aware of. And, and there's just a place for people to complain about public space. It is. It, is, it totally is. <laughs> From Yelp to Facebook to all of them. But, like, but that's where like looking at it as an opportunity to yeah. make them my most loved customers. Right. I don't view them as like, right. you know, people are like, you know, as in retail, you're always taught like the customer is always right. Well, the customer is rarely right. The customer really does it. The customer is fairly ignorant. Amen. Yeah. Customer is fairly ignorant. But that's not the attitude. If I see my staff ever having that, I pull them aside and I say, don't me don't let me ever catch you saying that about a customer don't you ever bitch about that customer right because you have to look at this you have to change your thinking and look at this as an opportunity to get them close to really hear them what is their problem what do they really need which goes back to the relational it does. aspect of it but, but right? this is what entrepreneurship is identifying a need that's it you know right you, you've identified a segment of the market that has they have a they have a problem that needs to be solved, you know, and that could just be hugs, you know, look yep. at the free hugs, dude. He's not a very <laughs> monetary, dude, you know, but dude, it's so popular, you know, I mean, he's selling the, the shit out of free hugs, you know, <laughs> uh, it's funny. Cause like for me, so I'm, I've been in CrossFit a little while now. So almost like eight years, I was, yeah. was counting the other day. And basically it's like a coach and trainer. Like there's a lot of coaches and trainers that are trying basically to make money. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah, everybody's got to make money. But, like, I actually genuinely love it because, I, like, the end of the day, all I'm trying to do is figure out how to help somebody, specifically in their health arena. But you will be shocked about why they're in there. Yeah. You know, and I get people that come in, you know, it's like, CrossFit's not cheap. And then yeah. you want a group class. Yeah. And then you'll have somebody who comes in and they're like, yeah, I think I'm going to do my own thing. Like, yeah. That's, like, not really what we do. So... You know, and as a coach, like I can get super frustrated, a or my choice is like there's something else going on yeah. with that person that they would honestly pay that amount of money, come in knowing that they need help, and then basically blatantly tell you they don't need help. Yeah, <laughs> like wait, what? I, I, this is so confusing. I know. Like, how do I, know. I? How do I? How do I tap into that person and start understanding why do you have that mentality? What is it? You know, because. You came here for a reason. Yeah. There was a reason that you came in. And, and how do I figure out what that is? And then how do I figure out how to help facilitate you changing that? Right. And that, like, to figure that out as a coach is like literally my everyday game. Yeah. That's it. You know, 15 people in a class average. 
every day I'm trying to figure out 15 different people's yep. mentality that day. Yeah. Because it, it changes on a daily yeah. basis. <laughs> and you're like, it's whoa. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy. So I totally understand that well, feeling. I, and I like, think Simon Sinek, uh, he, he has this great TED talk. He talks yep. about people people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Exactly. Like, find your why. And I think that's the, the major identifier, specifically with entrepreneurs. Going back a little bit into our story, um, you know, both me, both Bill and I, um, we've we have a very strong personal ethos and we've definitely done a lot of internal work on ourselves. We call it the internal plunge. Go inside. Like, are you happy? Are you sad? Are you cool with what what you see inside of yourself? Because you can't change the world if you can't even change yourself. You can't change your community if you can't change yourself. And so it, a lot of times, I mean, there's all the cliches, you know, you know the, the problems looking right back at you in the mirror, you know, type of deal. And, you know, but it, 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 a lot of times it doesn't go very far. You know, the, the, the why is so it's so paramount to what we do. It gives me the strength every day to get up and to do it again. Otherwise, I would probably not be here in Kansas City um, because I was going to move. Uh, I was going to be out of here because, I mean, there's, there's the climate, <laughs> you know, it's hot, it's humid, it's, it's cold. It's, it's, you know, why, why wouldn't I want to go someplace, at least with mountains or with snow or like go to the beach somewhere or like go where they like My produce wine. In San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know? And so, I mean, for, for us like that, that why, I mean, it is, it is everything. Um, for me, like man search for meaning, uh, Bill gave this book to me. I was, I was going through a horrible time and I was going through, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you guys at the beginning said vulnerability, but like I was going through like passive suicidal thoughts. I mean, basically, like if somebody came across and hit me right now on the road, I would not mind. You know, I was frustrated. I was pissed. I was angry. And uh, yeah. we can talk about why that was. But sure. like I was I yeah. was not in a it was not in a good spot. I was oh. in kind of this. It was a spiral. I couldn't get a hold of my thoughts. It felt like a tornado in my brain. You know, and I, I couldn't make sense of the world and I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. Nobody could help me. I just started drinking a lot of whiskey <laughs> to try to quiet that because yeah. and, and huh. this is what I realized. Like I used to kind of I wouldn't judge people for like drinking, but I would be like, come on, like you should be able to find more life than just whatever's at the bottom of your glass, you know, and I, I get it now because it was just, I call them the bees in my head. Like it was just a swarm and, and I couldn't make sense of anything. I couldn't even hold on to a thought for a minute. I tried, you know, and I would just literally not get out of bed in the morning because I was like, this is, this sucks. It's miserable. Um, at that time I was doing landscape design and I was maybe, I was lucky if I even got one design done a day because my mind was just, it was, it was on, it was racing. Um, and it was, it was dark. And, um, I remember, it was, I was like, I cannot keep self-medicating like this with alcohol. And it, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was like an alcoholic. My main thing was like, I just don't want to hurt anybody else. I don't mind if I hurt myself, huh. but like, I just don't want to, I don't want to put this on anybody else. That's not fair. You yeah. Know? Huh. And so, you know, my family would look around and they'd say like, Hey, how can we help you? I was like, just hold my hair back when I'm puking my guts out in the toilet, you know, like, that's what I need. Just make sure I get home safe. You know, right. just keep an eye on me in that regard. I just don't want to do anything stupid because you know, I likely will. Um, and so, you know, that, that was, you know, people say, you know, you need to go talk to somebody. I was like, I don't fucking need to go talk to anybody. You know, I don't need to talk through this. 
Like this isn't this isn't something that I can just talk through. Like I need the strong arm of medication. You know, uh, I remember because that was a humbling spot for me because I never believed in medication. Like I went to go get help. You know, and I remember the first day uh, I went on like Adderall. You know, basically they gave me this like prescription prescription strength Adderall. You know, and. And I got 10 projects done that day, 10, 10 landscape designs. <laughs> I was, my brain was like, it was like lightning bugs in my head. I was like, woo, like Uh-oh. I'm alive. Yeah. I was like, woo, we're on fire. It was wow. tingling. It was like, yeah, it was like, a, yeah, it was just like my brain was, was, it was tingly. You know, it was, I could feel connections like flying back and forth. And wow. yeah, it was, it was awesome. Uh, You know, I remember I I did that for about a year and then I was like, I don't want to ever be addicted to this. I remember I was, I accidentally uh, fumbled a pill one time and, and it fell like, I don't know. It was like that. I was at my desk and it like fell somewhere. I couldn't find it. And I was flipping out because I was like, if I didn't have this, it's like, I am hosed. Like I need every pill that I can get right now. And so for me, that was like, and I was like, I don't want to, I hate this. Like I hate being so reliant I like yeah. something but i also needed that strong arm to like pull me out of the pit at the same time so right it, it was it was like i yeah. fell into a hole you know and i just needed help getting out and medication did provide that for me that's not for everybody you know sure. some some yeah. people do need to talk about it some people do need you know some people do need to drink and like and and so that's where i say i just need to go through it like that's yeah. that was my experience in yeah. the past two years like literally i feel like i'm just now coming out of a hole of, like yeah. going through that divorce was just like yeah but no choice of mine speaking of free will was yeah. like well the other person gets free will too like yeah. this is reality and yeah. she chose a door that ultimately really hurt me yeah no clue what that ended up for her in her life but yeah. like <laughs> you know i heard of endless amounts of platitudes right and it was oh, God, like man my- <laughs> this sucks dude yeah it was tell me this again like (laughs) like i haven't heard this or i don't know this right 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 or i haven't thought that yeah right you know it's like well obviously my mind goes to those things but the reality of what i'm going through isn't just going to be fixed or answered by any amount of talking through as you were saying was like uh there were times it was helpful for me to to vent that doesn't mean i want to talk to to you process yeah Yeah. but like honestly just (laughs) This is depressing and sad in and of itself, but I spent a lot of time in Dallas alone just crying. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. Yeah. And it was like this really good process of just going, just feel. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to feel and be angry and and break shit and yell and be upset. Put a couple fists through some walls. Uh, It feels good. Just watch out for the studs, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I broke broke a hand one time. (laughs) (laughs) that I find myself hitting very often at work. Yeah. So, you know, we're in the crossroads right now. Yeah. I'm looking out the window, and I see part, partial Kansas City skylines. It's beautiful. Uh, we talk about community and your passions and what's brought you here. What brought you here? What brought you to the crossroads of Kansas um, City? Yeah, that's kind, of a, that's kind of a wild story. This is a very hard transition from going from yeah. <laughs> philosophical to, like, yeah. the, and this is the practical The side. meat of it, yeah. Yeah, so yeah we, but the philosophical is the why yeah. which meets the meat of yeah what, like the what how you do then, now. Yeah. yeah so the how just being like we at that time when we're sitting around in the garage talking about the why and we're trying to figure that out and we're going through that and we're brewing beer and we have chickens and rabbits and gardens and we're inviting people over every sunday night we would have um we teach people how to garden and we would we're brewing beer and then we we bill when i met he moved in with me and my brother out on this farm 
we had this tabletop roaster and everybody would be sitting around and, you know, instruments would be flying out. You know, people start, you know, Bill's great at freestyle rapping and it's he amazing. does these like socio-political raps that are just fantastic. You guys bring him on sometime <laughs> just to throw down a beat. You oh, know? we will. Yeah. Um, you know, so for, for me, uh, it, it, those times were the best um, because sitting around, I think, you know, there was a didgeridoo, there was uh, an accordion, there was bongos, you know, and we'd sit around the fire, we'd sit around in our garage and basically do this with a bunch of other people. And we just invite, it got to be like 15, sometimes it was like 10 people, sometimes it was like 30 who would come out every week. They'd harvest whatever they could out of the garden because that was way more food than we knew what to do with. Yeah. So we just wanted to share and just like go on that journey with people. Bill moved up to Portland uh, to actually become a roaster. That's when the crash, um, it was still going on. And so, yeah, yeah. Coffee roaster. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and, and he moved up there and, um, he, uh, he called me one night and I'll never forget that conversation because he was, uh, he's going up there to pursue excellence in coffee. And he got up there and ended up the only jobs available were like working in a Starbucks in a strip mall. And he was doing like construction work, you know? And he was like, this is not why I moved here. And so he calls me one night and we'd been joking around about it, like in the garage, you know, we'd, we'd been giving it out to friends and family and they're all saying, God, this is, this is amazing. Why don't you start a company? You know, no, no, no. Kansas City's already too saturated with, with other coffee roasters. You know, there's, we, there's no room for, uh, I don't know. I mean, it just didn't, I don't know. It was like, that was, it seemed like a far, far fetched idea, you know? So, uh, as we're given years ago, Uh, I think it was like it was probably like eight months or something like that when he he moved up to Portland in like I think between 2010 and 2011 or something like that and then he moved back uh, well so he called me and, and he was like hey you remember when we were joking around about that, co that hypothetical coffee roasting company that we we're gonna start uh, I'm thinking about moving back like uh, can I get my old room back in the house you know I was like absolutely man you know he, yes. he got he, yeah and so he was like if I move back, do you want to do this? And I said, there's only one way to find out, man. You know, you just got to do it, you know? And so he moved back. Uh, we got, uh, we opened a bottle of uh, uh, bullet bourbon one night and we did our business plan. Uh, got pretty sloppy by the end of the business plan. Uh, I think it turned into stick figures like hugging each other. And I think there was a, a, a cosmos on there. We're like to take coffee into the, into the known universe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it got pretty goofy, but, nice. but, you know, I used my architectural background to basically do out, you know, to, to flow the plan where you, you come up with, it's just a consciousness. Like we were trying to figure out our why, and we were trying to put that in like a coherent form. Right. And so that's where it started. So it was like a 10 foot long piece of trace paper, um, with our business plan on it. And so we took that business plan. We did liveplan.com. It was, uh, I want to say it's like 10 bucks a month. We went on there and they kind of like walk you through step by step because we didn't know what to do. We were like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I remember like I went to go incorporate and I did a sole proprietor and that company almost nice. fell apart immediately because <laughs> uh, Bill's like, w w what am I? You know, you just like went and did this. And <laughs> heck man like do you want to do this with me or not and i was like dude i'm just trying to like get a, a legal entity like, here oops I, I checked the wrong box I'm sorry, I'm yeah, sorry exactly, dude. Exactly. <laughs> you know the the, the the attorney's asking me weird weird questions i didn't know what to say yeah. he said like uh, i'll just take the responsibility i guess i don't know That's right so we, we ended up going back and having to change a lot of that stuff i actually still get letters from the irs saying like 
Bo Nelson, like sole proprietor. I'm like, can you guys change this in your book? It's not, <laughs> it's not legally like that anymore. Yeah. But it's, it's been, it's been crazy. Like we didn't know what we were doing, but we just said like, Hey, let's start somewhere. We got, you know, another night we opened another bottle of bourbon and bought a, the roaster on eBay for like $7,000. That was like included shipping bill at the time worked for freight quote. And so he had all these connections to like, you know, moving stuff all over the country, nice. you know, a freight forwarder, yeah, basically kind of that dumb luck part. Yeah. Know. And so we, how did that? <laughs> yeah. And then we, yeah. And we got uh, insurance like right before it was shipped. Um, it was damaged in shipping. And so we got like $2,000 right out the gate to like, for like operating capital, uh, because this thing got, yeah. Right. Like dumb luck, awesome. you know, it's like, and it was actually, it's the, the thing was completely operational, but we found this out years later, we were still finding like little, things that like that got damaged in shipping and we didn't actually know the full amount of damage that was done to it until oh, wow. later Shoot. yeah like little little crap anyway yeah. it was just little things that like made roasting pretty difficult in in hindsight wow. um we alliterate that first roaster to a 93 camry uh nothing glamorous nothing glorious about that it gets you where you want to go it's reliable like the camry not the van well <laughs> the camry in the sense that like those things just go forever oh okay, okay. <laughs> the van was it was barely okay. longevity it was, yeah it was barely held together i don't know what i think i replaced a radiator you know it was, it was very it was a frankenstein machine um but these you know the it was it was just it was it was the old faithful it was reliable nothing huh. flashy about it nothing sexy about it wow. um and then you know last year um yeah, we're going on a year now of like we upgraded. We we grew really quick. So and, you had that first roaster how long? Um, since two, so we we yeah so we got really drunk one night, ordered this thing online, gets damaged. We that was in May. We don't get this thing set up. That was 2011. We don't get that thing set up May. and like plumbed in and like we didn't know. What, I was it takes like, a while. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was October, November. Something oh. like that before we actually did our first roast on it. Right. And we're all like hiding behind the table like, is this thing going to explode on us? <laughs> <laughs> we're all like peeking out over the, you know, we've got like, you know, our metal barrier that we're handing you. Is this thing going to kill us? You know, um, I remember the first time we clicked it on, I'm like kind of, you know, flinching, you know, it was, is this, is this okay? Are we going to die? Did, where you did know? you guys roast that first batch? That where was, were you at? that was out on the farm. It was on the farm. Yeah. We had like an outbuilding from I family the tree. Yeah. yeah. I remember that It building. was just this yeah. outbuilding and, and, um, um, yeah, it was just a small little space that, that was just for storage. And I said, Hey, you mind if we throw this roaster down over here? We had like a little 100 square foot corner that we kind of operated out of. Um, and we just, you know, we just started making calls to like, where do we go to get green beans? Like the green coffee beans where, you know, where do we go to do it? And we just started using the Google machine, man. Yeah. It's 21st century. There's no excuse to like why you can't get through business, like learning YouTube videos and how do you plumb in a roaster? So anybody want to like, is there a professional I could just call up and be like, Hey, uh, I know there's only like a few roasters in town, but like, do you know how to plumb this thing in? You know, I'm like calling HVAC guys. Like this is kind of like a glorified heater. Can you come out and like help me set this thing up? And they're looking at it like, maybe make, yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously, seriously. You know, because they, we were out meeting with them at a fire one night, you know, uh, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm at, I'm at the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and yeah, so we, they like, Oh, we'll send somebody out. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, what do we, I'm, I'm standing there at Home Depot, just looking at all their duct venting, you know, what do I do? What do I buy? Like, oh, you gosh. know, I don't know. We cut a hole in the roof and like, just take a stack out. And we're like, I guess that's as good as anything. You know, we didn't know shit, you know? Yeah. 
And um, but I think that's also like the whole DIY thing. We hacked into that roaster pretty quick. We had a, a friend big in IT, you know, basically hacked hacked it in to do like a USB port to where we can. It's a little Raspberry Pi. It's this nice little, very versatile programming. You know, you can kind of hack it for anything, but basically can turn anything into data. And so, how do we capture data so we can do consistent roasts? You know, we're trying we're trying to turn this 93 Camry, we're trying to make some upgrades to it all along the way. How do we, you know, change our burners out so these burners are a little more efficient, you know, and, and all this stuff was just kind of learning as we were going. Um, you know, we we we, ha we bought that first bag of beans with the, the money that we had got from from the damage and shipping and the insurance. Right. And then we uh, we basically just started giving it out to people, like, is it good, is it bad, what, what's going on, you know? And... Um, pretty quick we had a, a restaurant pick us up and then we had um then we went and go to p to pitch it at the kaufman foundation you that said one roast at the time yeah oh no we, we'd been we, we were roasting like nights and weekends just trying to get get a feel for the machine yeah, like learn right. how the programming worked on it it's got this like little the manual for their little it's called a pid okay. um it's this little bitty <laughs> engineers design the thing and god bless engineers but they speak a different language, you know, <laughs> and the manual on this thing was about two inches thick. And this device is a little LED thing that's about an inch long. And you're like, it's got four buttons on it and like two inch manuals. Like how how many times do I have to click the up arrow while holding down mode while clicking on the down arrow all at the same time to right. get us into a certain, like to save that roast so that we can do it again. It's so very right. complicated, yeah. you know, and we're just trying to like figure this stuff out. So we're kind of stumbling along um, a lot of blind leading the blind type of situation. Sure. So anyway, we go, we, we started doing these roasts on nights and weekends, handing out to friends and family word gets out, you know, people start approaching us saying like, Hey, you guys are new, new guys in town, huh? And that's where we were, yeah, we were just like, I guess, you know, and and I remember the first uh, the first account that we had for doing roasting and it was basically, hey, uh, we're not actually incorporated yet. Like, who do we make the checkout to? Like, yeah, me, me. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. Feeling. Yeah. I know that and it feeling. was like, yeah. I, you know, how, how do we do, we'll figure out the uh, tax part. Do later. you have Venmo? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was how that started. That was in 2011. Uh, 2012, we officially incorporated. Um, we roasted for about a year. And then I think in 2013, early in 2013, we presented at One Million Cups. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so that was down to the Coffin Foundation. And we, uh, yeah, that, that, that was what, you know, you were at, the original question was, how did we land here in this location? Yeah. And, and it was because of that. And I don't even know if the Kauffman Center know or the Kauffman Foundation knows like how powerful that program is, because we would not be here um, if it wasn't for that program. They know now, friend, yeah, <laughs> friend, friend of a friend, you know, basically yeah. introduced us to uh, a guy who was from Kansas City who owned the building, and basically heard the heard the story. Uh, I won't go into like how I pitched that because that was just kind of a. It was kind of one of those serendipitous, like you walk in, the, I walked in the door and it was like, I'm home, question mark, you know? Why do I feel like this? You know, it just felt very, yeah, in this building. Yeah, there's just kind of a, it was like a fourth dimensional feeling, you know? It was just good juju, I don't know. It was like a good <laughs> energy, you know? 
And I just remember being like, I called Bill that that evening. I I kind of told him this this guy what we were up to, and he was really into it because he's from Kansas City, he's from the historic Northeast area here, town, and yeah, and just wanted to give back to the community and just wanted to do something fun. And um, um, you know, I remember calling Bill and be like, dude, you got to get down here now. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but this feels so good and we are we were looking for spots to basically locate either in the west bottoms or or actually we were looking on truce just because we we couldn't afford it we knew we couldn't afford anything in the crossroads but we met this guy he was like i love what you guys are doing and he he basically said like i want to give you guys like a chance i want to give you guys an opportunity and holy crap and so that's kind of how this all happened um right time right place you know and just a lot of dumb luck so um speaking of not knowing knowing what we're doing it, like literally just dawned on me that i could do three mics so jordan and i've been sharing <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so you fake it till you make it yeah <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah you, you yeah it's, it's so funny uh, we just got we just got this weird article published last night it was like men's uh, fitness journals yeah, like, yeah i just saw that this morning dude. i was like 25 best Congrats. roasters in, in in america i was like how you guys did popped we up make like, it on this list that's amazing <laughs> i was i was laying in bed last night and i saw that come in and i'm like laughing at my wife i'm like I, I and all i can say is like i don't know how we made this list like i don't know how we made this that's list. Like, so funny. what what's happening and right why now? did men's fitness journal put out 25 best coffee <laughs> yeah i don't know there's there some there's some titans in the industry there and i think sure. uh, and anyway yeah it's 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 just it's really humbling because a lot of this is huh. like sure you know why does it happen I, oh. I know why i do it but right. i don't know why the things happen when they do sure and how they do i mean there's like a fourth dimension all this that i don't quite understand and i'm not even going to try to anymore like but i'm in the river um yeah. hmm really a book that really inspired me or that really changed the way I thought was uh, it was called Siddhartha by Herman Hesse Um, it's kind of philosophical it's about this young Brahmin monk I'm actually going through this you read philosophical books yeah right (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm going through it again because it was such an influential book in my life where it just talks about that it's a little it's a different style of thinking it's it's more of like a little bit eastern in thinking and it talks more about the river and it's like I, I genuinely feel we call this the float trip to bring it back a little bit into the Midwest. Nice. Like, grab a cold yeah. one, grab some friends. We're going on a float trip. You know, that's kind of how we feel every day um, yeah. because it just, you know, whether it's, and, and that's where I say, I can't take credit for this. Like I'm just hustling my ass off and try, like trying to deliver the product and the service every day and believing that that's somehow going to make a difference. And I guess maybe it is, right. <laughs> I guess it time is. will tell. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. So a couple straightforward questions yeah. here. Okay. So what? Try to keep them short. What was your biggest? You're fine. <laughs> what was your? So in the okay. So you know, basically, as timeline as I understand, working at Family Tree Nursery, things happen. Went through kind of a crisis and just kind of realizing, what am I doing? What is my why? Basically, you're asking the question, what is my why? Yeah. Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And why what, am I even here? Why am I here? Well, on this going earth, on? you know? <laughs> right. I don't necessarily want to be. Not even know? what is my why to do something on this world, but what is my why to even exist? Yeah. Right. So going back to Existential. the very, yeah. very beginning of yeah. it and continuing on that down the line, which is obviously a powerful exercise for anybody to yeah. do. 
sometimes I would we, encourage it. Yeah, we just, sometimes we don't choose that. Sometimes it just happens upon us. I, right? I would say like, but I would say like, rush into that. Sure. And and like, go try sure. to find yeah. that. Try to have that existential crisis. Huh. So you're not like. 30 or 40 or 50 right. and you're like right. having a breakdown like what right. am I doing and, what, right. and that was one of our first questions when we were you know in the garage it's like what if we're laying on our deathbed someday and, and we had this opportunity to start this coffee roasting company in our 20s and we don't and we yeah. didn't do it I just don't want to be on that deathbed someday saying I wonder what would have happened right if huh. I would have done that yeah like I, I wonder how different my life would have been wait, I don't, wait 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 yeah yeah oh I want to go back you can't right <laughs> anyway sorry right so the timeline keeps going yeah Bill moves off to Portland, calls you basically, and you're like, well, let's do this thing. Yeah. You know, it was basically like you guys had kind of been processing through whys, seems like, for a little while there. Yeah. And so when that thing came up, which was you enjoyed coffee and then obviously beer, yeah. and when the two of those could meet, that was yeah. awesome. But it created more of a space for you to be able to flesh out the whys. Yeah. And <laughs> Maus comes up. Everything's processing, going through. Now we're how many years in? Gosh, we're going on year three. Year three. Yeah, three. We're, we're babies, man. Yeah. So three years in, but dude, three years is in it, in, it, in business it, world. It's is, cra- well, somebody needs to do a podcast on like how time is different for business uh, yeah, owners yeah, than yeah. it is for like <laughs> yeah. the regular world. Like I, I literally feels like sixteen years. I'm when like I did sprinting two. on a daily. I'm sprinting from like meeting to meeting. I yes. mean, like. I've got something coming. Like, I'm always like five minutes behind, 10 yeah. minutes behind, you right. know? Right. And it's time is, I just don't have enough hours in the day. Right. You know? Right. So the three years is obvious. Oh. It's amazing. It's, and it goes by quick. And then it goes by, it feels like 20 years. Yeah. So it's like uh, both and, you yeah. know, it's like a drain, but yet it went by fast somehow. Yeah. I was like, what the heck just happened? So in that process, basically, what was the point? So the, the part of why I like getting to hear people is I honestly, there is a glamour to a lot of it, but honestly, there's a lot of getting punched in the face. So I guess my main question is, is really like, what was the biggest punch in the face since starting Thou Mayest that you experienced in, whether that's a business owner or, you know, because obviously being a business owner isn't just, I have the business and that's, that's the hard part of my life. Well, no, and then you have a family, you've got two kids now, you've got all this other stuff, you've got your own family that you grew up with, brothers, you know, and got a house. Uh, you got a house. Yeah, There's yeah. all these other things. It's not just, oh, I own a business and that's my life. Well, it is a life, but then you got another life, you yeah. know, and there's all these other things. So really what was, I think there's just a lot to be, yeah. uh, a lot to learn from and yeah. people's failures and their responses to those getting punched yeah. in the face. So what was that? If, yeah, obviously that's a pretty personal deep one. Oh no, it's, but it's, it's uh, good. It's, yeah. it's tough though. Cause there's, there's been, I mean, it's happens every day. So, sure. You know, it, it's it's hard to identify one. I'd have to say that probably it's I wouldn't even call it a struggle. I would okay. say like that it's it's a this is like again, like this is the opportunity where it's like how like you said, I've got this business life and then I have this home life and like right. how to balance those two. And to be honest, like the people who say, oh, you need to find a nice work, work life balance. Like, fuck that, man. <laughs> like you got to if you want to if you're going to start something, I mean, you're going to be. It's Sisyphus, man. You're you're rolling that that boulder up the hill every day, and then it just rolls back down. You yeah. know, it's the Greek mythology of like you, you, it's, it. it's yeah. so tough, you know. And you know, my wife, it, I couldn't do this if it wasn't for my wife. Sure. Um, but we have, we definitely have our bouts. You know, um, you need to be home and help with bedtime. You know, right. that's a real 
thing, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. the girls are sick. Like you need to, I need you to watch them on Saturdays while I go in and, and work and do my stuff, you know, right. Um, you know, schlepping them around, like making coffee sales and, and, and bringing them to the shop. I mean, they're our little shop babies, you know, <laughs> they're part of this as much as, as anybody. And, you know, it's just have to be careful and cognizant. It's like, fantastic. Yeah. That like maybe they won't want that someday or like, uh, you yeah. know, Hey, let them have their, I'm not going to like force a retail environment upon them. You know, I want them to, to make their own decisions and be strong, confident women someday, you know, with their own uh, set of opinions and value. Yeah, I mean, th this, it's all, how do I set them up for success too? And, and think about their future. And, you know, th these are some of the harder things that I now wrestle with right. that maybe even as a business owner, it's like, you know, I have, I'm not going to call them kids, but like I have 16 people that I'm responsible for. Right. That's, so intense man yeah. and it's like if this thing fails if I'll f i'm failing them you know and and the the weight of that sometimes it could you you kind of have to be a little bit stupid um because that i just kind of have to like not think about that because if i do it 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 gets me real melancholy uh it gets me real somber because that the, the weight of that can be pretty uh, intense, you know, and so really, I'd say and as it say, should be though. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, but like, you know, being able to, I, I say, you know, business is a muscle. Um, owning a business, it's it's like it's like working out, you know. After, and it's that what do they call it? like the hundred thousand, eighty thousand hour principle, or whatever. Yeah, anyway, it's something along like lines of like you have From Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, yeah, it's like you have eighty thousand hours before you're a professional. It's basically yeah. five years. If you're yeah. kind of, if you even on a, like a hyper schedule, right, you know, four to five the years. The Beatles was his example. Yeah, 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 music. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, I think that is such a, all these, the, the common mentality in this day is like quick and instant and, and fast. And like, you know, we're going to grow X amount in, in the next year. And it's like, gosh, man, you it know, just I, happens. It, it does. But like, I, there's the people who I remember, you know, when we first started off and I was hearing, I was doing what you're doing, like talking to other entrepreneurs They'd yeah. be like, yeah, we would have done great, but, you know, we grew too quick, too fast. And I was always like, how's that a bad problem? Right. <laughs> you know, how, how, but help me understand. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it is a reality. Like there is a sustainable path for growth yeah. and works. What's ex most exciting to me is like, we're hitting those in, in stride. Like we're hitting those right when we plan we and to. right when we yeah. strategize for like to hit those milestones. Um, I'd have to say that like one of the more frustrating things in my life or the things that I struggle with the most is probably like, Hey, we need more coffee sales <laughs> hey, as we grow. Like, Hey, we've got this retail component. That's like doing great. Hey, we need to gra grab some more wholesale coffee counts. And where do we go to do that? And how do we be smarter? You know, it's not, you know, there's this red and blue ocean mentality, you know, red ocean being like, you know, we're going to go and we're just going to steal accounts from everybody and we're just going to slit some throats and, yeah. you know, be business, you know, it's cutthroat, it's, mm -hmm. you know, eat right. them before they eat, eat us, you know, and it's brutal, you know, um, but how do we change our mentality? Because that's ultimately what we do believe like Kansas city has an awesome coffee culture. It's like number eight in the country right yeah. now. It's growing. Yeah, it we're big. saying like, if we can get that coffee culture, like keep bumping that thing up in the list, like we're all gonna benefit from that. Yeah. And and but that's a hard message to preach when you've got another coffee roasting company getting ready to go in two yeah. blocks away. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and and they are dropping a lot of money and a lot of time and energy into what they're doing and all of a sudden you're still sitting here like, 
when the tide rises, all boats rise, you know, question Hopefully, mark. yeah. You know, and yeah. We, we hope so, right. and, and that's the goal, but it's like practicing what you preach is always the hardest thing. Um, right, but that know, circles back to the difference in the sales you know, salesmanship piece that you were even talking about with your grandfather, yeah. you know, and your uncle. Like, yeah. and that, as I've known you at least, that that's the difference that I see in you is the relational aspect of being able to have these kind of conversations with people. Is, yeah. That's different. That is not every business owner. Yes, that is for sure not every business owner. It's, and that differentiates yeah, people so who dumb. sell, you know, obviously relationally. And it, it's not that. It's just be a person. Yeah. Be a human. Yeah. Get to know the other people that want your stuff and, and befriend them. If they don't like it, they don't like it. And that's okay. Yeah. Like that's it's not everything is a fit for every single person, but having the relational aspect will obviously change so much of that for you it's, and the others. Yeah, and I it's, think it's that's just it's just tough. Obvious. I mean it's it's the daily you know, when, you know, you lose an account, when you lose a sure. sale, when you get negative reviews, you know, when uh things don't quite go the way that you strategized or planned, you know, that to me, those are always, I don't know, you can look at them a couple different ways. I mean, when you say like, what are the downfalls, what are the pitfalls? I'd have to say like, to be quite frank, I mean, you know, the hardest part is the intimate relational part, not just with my wife and like the family aspect of that, yeah. but like with the business partnership, because when you go into business mm. with somebody, you're married. I you're mean, married. you're like, you're yep. legal, you know? Yep. Um, this is a legal entity, and I've got, like, you know, specifically, I've got other partners. That Unless I'm you like, accidentally check the sole proprietor. Right, then, yeah. then, then, you're, then you're okay. <laughs> I do whatever I want whenever I want. And, like, the accountability part of that, it's it's awesome. It's awesome, and it's hard, you know? Oh, yeah? It's the hardest part because oh. somebody's, you know, when you have all these yeses in the room or in your own head <laughs> and all yeah. of a sudden you get like, Hey, no, you can't do that. Or, right. hey, no, you need to throttle that back. Or, you know, um, one of my partners, he always says like, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather, uh, you know, uh, throttle enthusiasm. Uh, you can't create it. Um, <laughs> and that's where I look at other business owners, like who has the enthusiasm, who has the energy and who's like getting, they, they they're chomping at the bit and they're yeah. like, let me get it. Let me after it. You know? And, and they're just like, whoa, whoa, easy. <laughs> it goes easy. back to what yeah. you were saying earlier. Like you're, we're going to grind it out. Yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to give it our all and we're going to go full blast here. And you can also be a supernova where you just like explode <laughs> at the end of that. And when guys say like, I grew too, too fast, that's the too mean. quickly. That's yeah. what it means. Like you got to pace yourself. You have to, I mean, it's so important. Mm. And that's what I look around at other businesses when I say like, God, they're going to make it like the guys at Torn Label, like the guys at Rieger, you know, um, yeah. it, it's just like slow, it's steady, it's uh, a DIY, it's kind of punk mentality. Like we're going <laughs> to, we're going to find our way to make this work DIY before we go out and like raise another, you know, hundred thousand dollars to go be in, you know, have to pay somebody else back. Why would we do that when we could do it ourselves? All right. Cause that's basically trying to say, let's skip the hard work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want somebody else's money to cut. Right. And, and that's what I, I think the hardest, the hardest part for me in all this is like, I put, I, my neck is so far out on the line right now. If this goes, if this goes south, if this fails, like, dude, I'm, it's going to hurt, you know? And right. I think a lot of business owners and a lot of, whether it's CEOs or whether it's just you're working for somebody or what, you know, it, investing in the areas, and this goes back to that whole thing, invest and fertilize where you want that grass to be green. Like, yeah, it's gonna hurt, man. It's gonna feel awkward because your neck's on the chopping block. That's oh. not like the best feeling in the world, you know? That I'm waiting for the ax to come down, you know? Oh, right. And like that, it's anxiety, you know? And people are like, whoa, 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 you need to, that, that's, that, I'm not cool with that. I'm like, you gotta be careful. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this. Like, 
fucking did, you know? I remember I was talking to my dad the other night, and, you know, I was complaining. I, I felt like I was slighted or I was, like, really burned by an employee. I put so much trust in them, and I put so much... Uh, I, I'm very democratic about the way that I try to go about doing things, and I felt like they... I'm very trusting, and I felt like they betrayed that trust, and that's really big for me, and I was I was pissed. And I'm going to my dad, I'm like, you know, how do you deal with this? I'm not happy. This is what they did. And like, they're expecting this. They want the world and I'm silver platter. And what the hell, you know, and yeah. cussing up a storm. And, and he's like, he just looks at me and all that. And he's like, what the heck did you expect, dude? You will always be wrong. Always. You're a business owner. You're never right. Right. And, and what did you expect, man? You are here for them. Whoa. And I was oh. like, God, like so right and that's so hard to hear because it's like you want you want it to like you want to see the light at the end of the tunnel yeah what if there is no light yeah talk about humbling dude it's like you're gonna work it's so ecclesiastical you Mm -hmm. know yeah you're gonna grind and you're gonna work and then you're gonna die you know i'm in that like i'm (laughs) that's cool to me i don't know i'm weird Uh, yeah but like that's for me, that's that's like the purpose of it all. Huh. Like the purpose of it is like I want to, I want to, I want to hustle and I want to grind. I want to, I want to fight and I want to, I want to battle next to the the people that I love most in life. And I just want right. to do that as long as I'm with them in right. that in that journey and in that river on that float trip. You know, in this space. Then well, I'm, what kind of beer is on the float trip? That's the big question. Well, that's probably, it probably has to be Torn Label House Torn Brew. Label House Brew. <laughs> <laughs> it's so drinkable, man. Shameless float. Not just well, your Miller Lite. Actually, to be honest, if, if it was if it was if it was going to be a float trip with Torn Label, we we've like we had a meeting with them a couple nice. weeks ago, and we're we're scheming on like how do we keep pushing the limits of like coffee and and booze, you right? Know? And huh. so coming up with these new ideas of like how to how to come up with different coffees uh, and alcohol. You know, we'd probably go to them if we were on a float trip and we'd say like, how can we come up with this little one-off special thing nice. and like make yeah, this yeah. super valuable? Cause is that for us, it's all about like creating value just, and it's more for us, I think just creating shit that we like, you know, yeah. that we enjoy drinking, you know, and then you get to I don't share know with if, your community. I don't know if anybody else is going to like this, but <laughs> it's pretty, pretty freaking cool. Yeah. You know? So that's huh. half of it. So anyway, um, what, yeah, what other, like, what other questions for me are like, even whether it's philosophical or whether it's, yeah. you know, practical, I mean, practicality. Yeah, talk is, about a practical question here. What, what's one habit, uh, your number one helpful habit to create as a business owner, maybe just as, just as a person, what's a helpful habit to create as we're talking about God, man, pursuing yeah. passions and pursuing what you want to do? What's something that you've been like? Oh, this has been amazing for me. This yeah. has been super helpful. Yeah, this is this is this is more a little more on the quirk, quirky side, but it's it's like a it's like a socio political statement, I guess. But yeah. like, I intentionally wear blue collars, um, and that's for me. It's like a personal reminder. Um, like, hmm. never get out of the trench. Like the owners who who step out of the trench, you lose touch. Um, right. You lose you, your finger comes off the pulse. And I, I get it. Like there is, there's a, there's, there is a balance in that of like, hey, there's some stuff I need to do on the backside. Like I have meetings or I have things that I need to be. I might not be back there behind the bar, but you better believe that I'm probably lurking somewhere in the building, um, trying to get some stuff done. Yeah. And um, for me, it's you know, getting up early, 
um, making sure that th this past year I've been really focusing on like uh, quieting, quieting my thoughts, like meditational, like uh, my one of my business partners says, uh, bring the game to you. Um, like, for instance, pitchers, you know, you see that you see those pitchers and, and we're going to use a baseball analogy. But, like, yeah. yes. you know, that game, when, when you get up close next to the, the field there and you see how quick that game is, I mean, these dudes are throwing 100 mile fastballs, you know. That's a that's a that's a really that's a rocket. Yeah. You know, trying to you get up there and try to swing a bat like it's it's different. Yeah. And that's where it's like they see time a little bit differently, and they're able to like. That's where his analogy was like you bring the game, bring the game to you. Yeah. Um, play it at your speed on your terms, and and there, there's a little. It's not arrogance, but it's like you just it's it's uh know thyself. You know, as yeah. you know the the old philosophies from Plato and Aristotle's, you know, it's like, know thyself in the sense that it's like, I know personally, like I need to have these quiet meditational moments where I'm able to like fill myself back up. That's through writing. That's through reading. That's through, uh, for me, it's just pushing myself. Um, yeah. whether that's in physical, like through working out, working out is a really important part um i'm still trying to find a good schedule for that people say i don't have enough time you know and <laughs> make time well yeah and it's like you do you just have to like to say on that yeah start prioritizing <laughs> 10 <that>. minutes <laughs> yeah 20 minutes literally every day makes a difference and it's mind-blowing that yeah. you can tell somebody that and they go, ah, yeah i don't know i don't know if i have time to do that <laughs> i don't like, know you, what? No, you don't minutes. want to like, hear that dude. yeah you yeah, ha you have to hear that yeah and make so time. that's that's where just you know yeah. staying disciplined and and you know in the years past, it was like just such every day. It was like a rodeo. It was like it's gonna be eight seconds or eight hours or eighty hours. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah. You know, pipes were breaking in the basement. We had calls <laughs> coming in at like six a.m. from a barista saying like, "There's water everywhere. What do I do?" I'm like, "I don't know. <laughs> I'm on my way." Yeah. You know, the roaster caught on fire one day. Like, what do we do? I'm like, Duh, I'm down in Olathe. You know, it's like That's thirty awesome. minutes away. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, oh, those are good. Yeah. So those are good, man. Um, anyway, yeah. Well, um, so yeah, getting up early, like staying late, being in the trench, you know, uh, making sure that you you surround yourself with with smarter people um, who are just as hardworking. Uh, yeah. We hire for uh, attitude, um, and because you, you can always train skill. Yeah. Um, you know, we we do that a little bit differently. Um, I, I just want I want to create an environment and a culture that that you know people say well you know you're you're this you're the coffee guy or you have this coffee company i'm like I, i'm more i'm that's not even how i see myself sure. i see myself more as like i'm here to like guarantee the success of my baristas that they have all the sharp tools that they need to do their job effectively on a daily basis because i know that if i can guarantee their success they will make an amazing experience for a customer and if they don't have the right tools to do that it just it's not a it's not healthy and it's the customer feels that you know sure. they feel the tension uh they huh. feel the unease or like the yeah they just feel the the chaos you know sure. and i yeah. don't want them to ever feel that i want to protect the customer from ever having to deal with that so yeah. i want them to come in have a great great service great product and walk away saying man i don't know what it is about that place but that's the best part of my day yeah. i don't care they they said something they did something you know, I'm constantly handing out, you know, shots of Amaro and just like, hey, try this product. We've got like chocolates with Andres that they put this in. And I'm like handing out free chocolates and, 
you know, getting people to ask questions and engaging, knowing their needs before they even ask it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's these types of little things that like you can't, you can't necessarily train attentiveness. You know, mm-hmm. what's the training manual for that, you know, and <laughs> how like on finding it. <laughs> right. Well, but it's, it's not even the training manual cause you put it in your training manual, but like, how do you, how do you judge that? Or how do you audit that? You know, hmm. how do you, how do you follow up with them and be like, are you being attentive today? How many things were you, did you <laughs> see that I didn't have on your list yeah. that you took care of without right. me asking you to do that? You know? All right. So, yeah. So, okay. Last question. Yeah. If you could go back to, so, okay. A big part of what we're doing, right. Is the finding people pursuing passions. Um, I would say our generation, maybe more than any of the others, is basically really asking that that question, right? Yeah. Because they're kind of sick of the whole financial, like I'm gonna do a nine to five because it's gonna make money and that's that's the end of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that question is changing for a lot of people, I think in general. But I think what's happening, or at least my view or the pulse on it is that a lot of people are seeing and going, well, I don't know what that is, especially you know if they're in college, yeah. <laughs> because basically they're being they're being taught a certain number of things, right? You know, some good baseline educational pieces, but doesn't often help you find that why, right? So there's a lot of people that are either A, in limbo, B, are working a job that they absolutely hate and have no clue how to change that direction, or C, they are, they are pursuing something, but it's misdirected and misguided, right? So that's, at least in the 20s, what I really see, the rarity is the people that are actually you know, going, I'm actually just going to do it and I don't care, you know, and that's, that's starting to become more of a trend, obviously, and in Kansas City with a lot of small businesses, but if you could go back to that age, let's say, you know, family nursery, family tree nursery stuff, that time kind of in your life where you and I knew each other a little better, um, post high school, that, that whole arena, obviously you don't know everything then, you know, but, but there is, there is, Excel, Excel spreadsheets, Excel spreadsheets, (laughs) fix everything, literally everything, yeah. I would, I would it's be, free. Yeah, I, would, I would become uh, well more. I would be, try to become like a QuickBooks expert. Um, I would I would learn Photoshop and I would learn Excel. I, like I took Photoshop classes. I did photography and I know what I want. I just I'm like I got lost somewhere in those years of, of huh. like I just lost my skills on that and I lost my chops and like yeah. I I have to like farm that out now. Or like try to get other people to come in and like take great photographs, and and that's I mean that's part of it where, um, you know, try to surround yourself with better people than yourself. But yeah. like I have things in my head and like trying to make them into reality. I mean it's the most invigorating thing, but I I wish that I I could do some more of this myself. Yeah. Um, huh. So so I mean, how would you how would you get the person that basically is like, yeah I've been through college and I'm working a job that yeah. I hate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It pays me, yeah. but but. How would you, you know, if one thing, I know there's no way I can get you to say one thing. What, what, what is something you I, could. I, I, I promise. I'll just say <laughs> I promise. I don't, I don't care if it's one thing or more. But basically, what, what would be something that you would, you would say to the, that person that is either A, in limbo, B, in a job that they hate, or just what, how did they figure this out? Like, yeah. how do they figure out? Well, so, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have an idea, right? Um, we all do. And. That I, you know, I talked to some dudes a couple of days ago and they approached me with an idea yeah. and they said, Hey, I want to run this by you. Uh, first of all, I would say like, try to find other people in the community and people that you trust or people that you will give you like honest, brutal feedback. 
this happened to us early on. I had a, a mentor. Uh, his name is Mark Allen. Um, he worked for the, it's called the SBTDC, Small Business Technology and Development Center. It's UMKC. It's down on Truce. It's, that's it's awesome. That's and, a mentor's type of name, Mark yeah, Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, I remember there was one day, like I was looking at a property and to move our roasting facility into, and yeah. we were, we had these crazy dreams. And he, I mean, he would line us up against the wall and like, not literally, but like, like <laughs> mentally, he would basically like bring out the machine gun and just like riddle us with like questions and like demand answers. Like wow. not, we're not moving on. You're not skirting me. Like I, you're, you're not, we're you can't get out of this. Like you better answer this effing question right now yeah. and give me an honest answer. And like he would push and push and push until he got that. Finally, Fine. You, you just what you want to hear. Yeah. Like, yes. Yes. You know, and, and he would just annihilate <laughs> us. And, and to be honest, wow. it felt like architecture school because you have these ideas, you have these thoughts, you have these creative huh. inclinations and everybody does. In some way, shape, or form, you, sure. you identify a hole in the market. You identify a need. You identify a problem that needs to be solved, and you're like, oh, "I think this would be a great idea." Okay, then what? Yeah, that's what you're asking. Like, then right. what? Right. You know, then li- what? Yeah. Lifeplan.com, yeah. <laughs> uh, ten dollars a month. <laughs> Go in and start start huh. doing like start learn learn what you don't know. You know, um, okay. right. wh- who's your market? What's your what's your target demographic? What is the lifetime value of that customer? Uh, right. There's right, a right. lot of this stuff, the more you dig into it. I mean, I was hanging out with dudes, they would be talking for hours about acronyms and business terminology <laughs> that I, I just remember sitting there like an hour through, I was like, guys, this is fascinating. I have no idea what the heck you're saying right, right. now. Because you're talking about, you know, uh, everything from, it was mostly around tech, the tech world, but like, it was, it was so fascinating to me just to hear the language. And a lot of times businesses, it's a muscle. It's also, it's just kind of a language and yeah. you just have to be around it. And you kind of have to just get steeped in it. Go talk to, go talk to the bank. Like I'm getting ready to go to the bank right yeah. now. Like to just go be there, you know, and the more show up, you know, um, show up, not just to community meetings. I mean, I was in a parking meeting last night. Like, what does a coffee shop owner have to do with parking? Yeah. Like, I gave a damn because I'm watching my my lot. My, yeah. yeah. All my on my front window here. You know, people getting tickets. You know. Right. Um, I, I, you know, so huh. is is it? Uh, anyway, I'm. Yeah. I promised I would say one thing. So yeah. No, no, no. Oh, that's well, all good stuff, dude. Well, I mean, it's just like, is like it's, it's such a practical tool huh. to be able to start asking great questions. Surround yourself with people who are going to ask brutal questions punch as many holes in that thing as in architecture we put our critique we had these crits uh critiques yeah. and you go and you stand in front of professional uh audience who were already architects engineers civic leaders whatever and right. they would just like shoot holes all over your project and for me the goal in those critiques was to already have like thought through all of those questions and all those problems and try to like present the answers hmm. Because if you can start doing that, like, and, and here's the other thing is like, it's not, it's not necessarily the strong that eat the weak. It's probably more like the fast that eat the slow pivot often, hmm. pivot quickly, yeah. learn from your mistakes, like learn them quick and pivot and just keep doing that mm-hmm. and just keep doing that and just keep doing that until you, you, you find that, that the market is kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of this, uh, level leveler. It, it kind of brings everything into equilibrium because you find out what that market can support. Hey, we're going to sell high-end coffee for 50 bucks a, for, for an eight-ounce bag. Well, 
in Kansas City, you probably can't do that, you know. Right. Um, or yeah. it's it's going to be for a very select amount of people. What is that select amount of people? What percentage is uh, that? And will they even like your product? Are you giving that product justice and you have great service, you know? So you have an idea, but keep like... Keep whittling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. The, the market just has a way of like bringing that into reality check, you know? Sure. And that's what's been really humbling with this is like the markets, the Kansas City market, the local market here is saying like, we love you and I'm right. like, we're humbled because, you know, we just, we had questions and this was the ultimate question we had in the garage. I wonder if we can get paid to do this. Right. <laughs> you know, we're sitting here right. like brewing beer, like roasting coffee and we're like, this is a blast, man. And, yeah. and that's the hard part because sometimes those hobbies, we call them jobbies, uh, <laughs> where it becomes a the hobby becomes a job. My new favorite term. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's what you guys are doing right now. It's, yeah. it's, you know, you, you, you're investing time to like pursue something that you're passionate about. Yeah. Don't just think it like, go do it. But then like, you have to start asking really hard questions or surrounding yourself people with who are going to ask hard questions. Right. You know, shoot holes in it, make sure it holds water, you know, and if it holds water, like you got, let's go to market, you know, let's, let's get after it. You know, now, now now we got a, now we're cooking, you know, so, uh, you know, talk to the banks, um, get familiar with the language, you know, surround yourself with that language that you want to be a part of. If you're in the podcast world, like, who's running the best podcast and how can I get after them and get, you know, can you be my mentor? Can you sit like hmm. asking, you know, it is, it's ridiculous questions, you know? Yeah. Um, there's no, I, anyway. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, Thank that, you so for much. real. Yeah. We're, I mean, that's, that's really all we had today, man, but that's a ton of valuable information for yeah. real, for me, yeah. <laughs> just for me alone, you yeah. know, and having tried it before and knowing that I failed and, but, I've learned so much from that. Like I don't yeah, yeah. You really see it as a failure. I just go like, that was an amazing experience. So, yeah. and I'm excited to do it again because I wouldn't trade even that failure and that journey yeah, for I was, doing I was, something I'm else. You were just going to ask me like, what would you go back and do differently? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know what I, I like. I learned so uh, much. Next it's, question. Yeah. Just cause it's like, I don't view it as, as like a, a bad thing. It no. was more of like a, it was no. a, it was a positive thing. Oh, I, I think the failures it, are some of the most powerful things yeah, that we experience in this it world. It needed to happen, you know? Yeah. I needed to go through that, yep. that dark time. And now, for me, it's like I see somebody, you know, struggling at the end of the bar. Yeah, and I'm this like, is good. I feel yeah. you, brother. Yeah, like, getting I feel, there. I feel you. Keep like, doing it. Like, I can, you need a ride home? Like, what do you need? Like, <laughs> right. just, you know, don't hurt anybody else. Like, you, we'll take care of you, you know? Right. Yeah. So, I, otherwise, I wouldn't have that empathy, you know? Sure. And um, Changes a lot. Yeah. And I think um, another mentor of mine, you know, always have your back against the wall, man. Like be hungry, like live in a constant state of hunger. Like, hmm. can you, yeah, I can drive this. Uh, finally made enough money. I'll buy a Maserati. I'll buy a BMW. I'll buy it. You know, yeah. I, cool. That's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, for me, it's like, I, I just grew up on the farm. It's like, I probably just want a truck, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, as unsustainable as that is. But yeah. you know, it's, it's like living in that constant state of hunger. You know, because it makes you makes you makes you try harder. It makes you do things. It puts you in a different mental mental state than you would have been if you have everything available always. That's why I like the DIY movement because it's like, no, no, no. I don't need to pay a hundred thousand dollars to make this happen. We're gonna start doing it now, and once we've earned it, then we'll get it. Yeah. You know, we we did not buy the nicest equipment. We did not buy the nicest roaster when we started off and say like we're gonna. We did that for a reason. Yeah, like we're gonna earn it, you know. 
and yeah. that's not a typical a typical mentality i see no, at least no. you know it's yeah. like hey we need the best the latest oh i don't have the tools you know to yeah. build this thing it's like bullshit man you got the google machine you got yeah. you got youtube yeah <laughs> i remember i started in a park in lawrence for our gym yeah like, started inviting college kids and i had a one barbell and some iron plates and i would do workouts it's like you're an idiot what are you doing yeah. in a park yeah. with iron weights doing that That's workout? That's what I love about CrossFit. It's like, hey, here's a big tire. Let's do yeah. this other times. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. What? A bunch of trash what? out there. You can't do that. Just did. Man, those are weights? Perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's just an object. We're just going to lift this table over. I had 200 yeah. times in under a minute. Well, dude, thanks so much. Yeah. Like, Pleasure, we're you guys are so gonna, You guys thankful. are going to crush it, I know it, because you guys have that. You guys have a fire. Man, I should be, like, interviewing you about no. fire. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's just inspiring to be around other visionated uh, people yeah. who, who want to change, not only just change themselves, but, but change the world that then the people in their lives that they touch. And it's just, yeah. I'm inspired by you guys. I'm inspired by... You know what's going on in this community right now? Kansas City's in rapid growth. I mean, yeah. we haven't even begun to see investment and capital hit this city. Um, <laughs> you've, I've got other cities that are just scoping this, not just in the neighborhood, but the city out. And it's just such a cool time to be alive. It's such a cool time to be in this in the city. You know, um, the people who have ideas and who act on them, they're going to be the ones that are going to be leading the next generation. Yeah. You know, you can't just sit there and think about it it's going to, it's going to pass you right up, you know? Yeah. And that's why it's truly got to be that fire concept. We're talking yeah. about it's something that's like, it's so deeply ingrained in who you are and your why that yeah. it just like, gonna I got to get it out. I have to get it out. It has to become something that is not just a hobby, but a job, yeah. you know, and it's going to yeah. be gritty. It's not going to be perfect. It's nope. going to be kind of messy. It's going to be <laughs> sloppy. Like yeah. I'm not going to say the right things. I'm, nope. I'm going to cuss. I'm going to I'm yep. gonna fumble. I'm going to, you you're going to cringe. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to, Ooh, can't believe I sound like that. Uh, you know, for me, I'm like, I really sound like that. Yeah, you know? yeah listen uh, to our podcast. I, I, I said <laughs> like so many times, and I, I have no idea. I'm trying to get better about that. All right, That's man. Awesome. Really anyway, appreciate it, dude. Right on. Yeah. Keep well, going. Cool. Stay tuned for our following episodes coming yeah. up. I mean, we got some more cool interviews on the absolutely. doc, and uh, been doing some just solo stuff between Jordan and I. So thanks again for listening. Yeah. Come check out Thou Mayest on 18th Street in the Crossroads. Yeah, follow us on social media. Yeah, it's uh, at Thou underscore Mayest on Instagram. Uh, thou Mayest Coffee on Facebook and Thou May Coffee on Twitter. Um, we're always up to some crazy stuff. We're doing free shipping during the month of May. Cool. Because uh, Thou May. You heard it here first yeah, right. or second and, or and, third. And, yeah. And then uh, we're, th this is first. So we are releasing, uh, we, we got a, a, a barrel release coffee that we're going to release on. Uh, uh, it's a barrel aged coffee. We're releasing Just on saw May, that. May 25th. Just um, saw that. Yeah. So we have these Amaro barrels that, that uh, Jay Rieger and company have been, they age their Amaro in these whiskey barrels. Right. We take the, that raw coffee. We age it in the beans. We roast it. It's non-alcoholic. But it still has that Amaro essence to it. Very unique, very nice. different, and uh, that thing's gonna fly off the shelf pretty quick. So yeah, awesome. excited about that. Make sure you come that. in and and get get yours before they're all gone. Absolutely. Very all cool. right, man. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Coming back.